I wonder whether going up and down with sort of, in our practice it seems to be very quite good and peaceful and harmonious and we feel really quite light and free and then it something hits in somewhere and everything starts jamming and and uh, tightening up or spinning out Because of course, the uh, one of the <coughs> understandings with san- with sankara, which is this volitional pushing that throws creates formations in the mind and tracks in the body and ripples in the heart. There's quite a few of them. It's not just one person in there. You know. There's, there's a whole lot of different beings. Uh, normally we walk around, we construct ourselves in terms of a certain set of ideas or values, often through our kind of, basically through the thoughts. Some, some sense, there's an emotional and a physical reality and then the, the thinking mind kind of sums that up, takes a look at that gets a feeling for who I am based upon these emotions, moods, mind states and the bodily states go along with them feeling low energy, flat then we feel depressed then we we, various perceptions of being a a no hope kind of person come up or um, someone isn't going to make it or we feel really the mind feels calm and happy, body feels relaxed, and then we come up with the idea, well, you know, I'm really getting along here. <laughs> but it's this particular seizing of the of the thinking mind, this this sense of summing things up as self as mine is um, a problem. Well, the first of the fetters is it's called personality view. It means this way in which the the, the viewing mind kind of sums up. Oh, this is it. This is this is where I am. This is what I am. Of course, this is a a requirement on many levels terms of function, in terms of, you know, external procedures and so forth. But the problem is when, it, when it's clung to, there's nothing wrong with having a personality or an identity, but it's the clinging to it. That becomes the kind of thing that, that is carried and life is always being compressed into that. Because, of course, then there's no real room for growth beyond how we conceive ourselves. And some of the ways we conceive ourselves are very unpleasant, painful. So it's important to grow beyond that. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
But to grow beyond it, you've also got to understand the mechanism that does that, that, that saying, this is what I am. And the, and, the, and the wish and the desire to have that happen, to be able to feel firm, and stable, and confident, and okay, because this is what I am. That's a quite a natural uh, inclination, isn't it? We all want to have that, I'm sure, at some level. But it's problematic, because this means that I'm sort of challenged by emotional upheavals. I'm challenged by the, sometimes just by the, the things that other people say about me, or think about me. Oh, I don't, really? I thought I was, really? No, surely I'm. <laughs> You've got to believe, I really mean, you know. <laughs> and, uh, of course, in, then we can, <coughs> in looking out, realise that sometimes actually we do, we are. Things are happening that are not quite in our packet our personal package of this is what I am. And we feel conflicted emotions, um, rage, fear, aversion, despair, you know, powerful stuff that doesn't fit in. We get flustered. And there's a tendency then to kind of blame it on somebody else or blame it on the situation. The blaming thing happens as a kind of reflex. Blame is like a blister just sits over a wound to try to protect it. Or cushion it. But the, um, you know, projects the suffering, the stress outwards or onto something or myself or, or we get de- despairing and we give up. So that sense of losing oneself, abandoning oneself, caving in, feeling hopeless, whatever. And that's, that's ignorance. That's the, that's the just completely dropping it, dropping mindfulness, dropping awareness, dropping presence. And then this is, uh, then if we do that, then a, a huge, it's a huge setback. This is what these, this self-view leads us to because it can't actually contain all of the sankharas that, that arise and pass through. So then we are, if we can't abandon the sankharas when it's conflicted sense of identity and uh, then something we, we then we kind of cave in or explode, implode or explode. So we need to get bigger than how we conceive ourselves. <clears throat> The sankara, you have the bodily sankaras, which is to do with the bodily energies 
associated with breathing in and out. You particularly pick them up in that. The flushes and flows, the tingles, this is to do with tension, arousal, ease, relaxation, pressures, heat, mm, all this stuff that tells your body where it is, where you are. You can feel there's there's kind of an intelligence there because we when it senses a threat, it responds, tightens up. When it senses something interesting, it kind of reaches out. You feel yourself aroused and wanting to encompass that. When you feel sick, it tends to want to cave in and close down. There's a kind of energetic movements there. And breathing in and out is the way to to kind of keep coming to the center because that, that can regulate that those energies and you know at least give you some perspective on it something that's steady and so uh, you know uh, this is the bodily sankara the emotional one the heart one is to do with meanings how we interpret experience as threatening or joyful Relaxed, tense, important, unimportant. That gets us going. We, you know, we might have all kinds of things that seem quite important to me. Nobody else thinks that's very important at all, and so on. I'm sure that that's kind of happening. So I get wound up about stuff that other people think. Oh, <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> and I <laughs> things that don't matter to me I think you know can be a source of some intensity for other people it's just like that But there's a push in that, isn't there? So that, however subjective it is, certainly we we feel very much on the end of that, and you've got to be able to to manage that movement of the heart. And the. So you have this, the, the um, thinking mind, is the sankara there is that which points and that which handles. So like a, a moment of pointed attention to a particular thing with that sense of what's this, pointing at it, when your mind points at something. <clears throat> and when it takes it in and handles it and says, oh, it's this, how is it? That, so those are two functions, vitaka vichara. Mm. So that's what makes up the, um, the packet, the synthesis of any experience. Oh, it's one of those, this is what you do. And then that's turned towards 
you know, when it's when it's got this self view in it, it's always wrapping things up as oh, this is this is what you are, this is who you are, this is the way you are, it's like that. So with with meditation, then this kind of is the the, the default tendency that you have to work against. Yeah. So to rather to, to just experience this is delight, this is irritation, this is indifference. It's like this, rather than, you know, I am this, or I am that, and so on. A kind of de- deliberate tweaking of the system. You're not really saying that you should or shouldn't feel anything, or be anything, but just to note how it is. You know, it's this kind of fundamental meditation practice. And uh, hopefully it's something that we continues in our daily life. You know, so that's, that's a training that requires a kind of quality of intention because the default is to slip back to I am, I'm in this, I want to be out of this, I should be something else, why am I this? Ah, oh, I'm this. You know, <laughs> delight or irritation or whatever occurs with that which is always not big enough, not dispassionate enough, not uh, spacious enough, not clear enough to really handle these varieties of experience that go on, the, the fluctuations, where you really want to allow the, the emotional pushes to arise, move through, and pass. And it's in the passing that you get the understanding. Most of us, I imagine, would like to have the understanding before something happens. <laughs> you know, have it all prepared. And this is workable on, you know, as a, as a, generally on daily life, you get some kind of sense of planning things. You, know, you get some kind of basic structure going, but you realize anything you plan Tinner ceremony, retreat or whatever, today, washing up. There's got to be that sense of, well, that's the plan, but um, let's see actually how it feels on the day, how it happens, and be prepared to adjust and flex and so on. You know, I mean, this is kind of fairly fundamental wisdom. Because you've got to let the feeling, you know, what actually feels right at the time and even not just what feels right at the time, but how the feeling moves. You might first of all feel a little bit uncomfortable about something that's new or uncertain or haven't thought about before. New plan, new possibility changes often disturb the patterning of our mind. I was sort of set up to do this, I was comfortable with that, and then a new thing, oh, oh, got to adapt to that. You know, there's a little bit of a, so you get maybe an irritated reaction or excited, you know, oh, I could do this, that'd be great, what a great idea. And then, right, fine, okay, and just wait with that, and then as the, as the, as the mood, the emotion passes, then where did that go? You know, did it take you to a good place, place of peacefulness, place of clarity, or not? 
Uh, this happens to me a lot of the time. No. So often, you know, my, my my default is, oh, let's just keep things to the way they are. It's easy that way, it's steady, calm, let's think about it. <laughs> so sorry, what about this? Oh, <laughs> you know, I don't like that. <laughs> as a default, but then, okay, I don't like it, and then wait. And then I can let that, that mood arise, pass, and then, yeah, but that's, okay, that's finished, and now this is, make a decision then. To, you know, out of what really seems appropriate or right. That's kind of way to, my sense of way of trying to manage uh, a variable, changeable life. We might feel something really great idea, and uh, you pass. No, not such a good idea. I get a lot with teaching engagements. So you meet someone, they say, oh, it'd be great if you could come to, you know, out of Slobodia for, for a month or two. Oh, out of Slobodia, I haven't been to out of Slobodia, that's a nice idea. Mountains, pastures, wonderful green land and so forth, out of Slobodia. And then you get, so you get kind of a bit excited, at least I do. <laughs> And the person looking eager and interested and happy to see you, and you get that immediate contact high. I think, oh, yeah, great, right, I'll be there. Yeah, wonderful. The Arthasilabodians need me. Because <laughs> to be the saviour of Arthasilabodia. And then you come back to the monastery and you realise you've just booked yourself for 12, 12 months of te- non stop teaching engagements. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not such a good idea. So it's, uh, you know, I used to say, well, wait, that's a nice idea. Thank you very much. Wait, <laughs> let the feeling arise, and then where it, where it, when, it's, when the emotion has passed, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, it is a nice idea, but you see things more broadly. Realize I can't be everything that I'd like to be, everything that I'd like to be for other people, everything I'd like to be for myself. I can't be those. Can't be endlessly perfect, endlessly providing everything, endlessly in rapture, endlessly grateful, endlessly happy, endlessly loved, endlessly appreciated, endlessly doing wonderful things. No. So it's just going to be more or less flat old day, rumbling through, a few patchy conversations, nothing much going on. To be with some of the tedium of our lives seems really helpful. Where I don't have so much sense of 
constructing the insecurity, the the incomplete, the unsatisfactory. And I can witness more clearly the wavering and the hoping and the fearing and the wishing it would all be settled and finished and that's it. And shut down. No, it's like this. Life is like this. So, but then the emotional reactions I can experience kind of irritation, anticipation, hope, despair. Mm. And let that come through and we are another day, breathing in, breathing out. Oh. Where did that go? You know, just by not making someone out of all that keeps keeps the options open, you remain open. Place it seems to me of um, wisdom is where the body and the heart and the thinking mind come together. So you know I can think things are a good idea and yet doesn't feel very right. It doesn't feel feels pushed or it feels um, doesn't feel lands in a place of real value. Or it doesn't by I can't so often I have to just let things settle in my body. If the body feels slightly tense or nervous or uncomfortable then Wait, 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 this haven't really got the whole picture yet. Something in me is pushing for an answer or, or grabbing at an answer and rather than just, well, right now there isn't an answer and feel comfortable with that. So kind of the way that all the three come together when you feel really settled and peaceful with what, what's happening Strangely enough, that can be um, my experience, often around times of, of that aren't even necessarily that that um, that pleasant. Just because there, you can you feel there's a sense of truthfulness about it. You actually get the whole picture of it. I remember uh, an occasion with a, um, someone who was here for training for a while 
and uh, the person always seemed to have quite a lot of good, good thoughts and ideas about Buddha Dharma and the way things should be and the way things I always felt mm, sounds good but sounds good but sounds it sounds like it makes sense but <laughs> it didn't seem to get any further than my, my head and I thought well, where, where is it actually is this I could feel like I never really felt where this person was at because I could only get this set of ideas mm. the most one of the most useful experiences that we had was uh, time when I just well, you know, finally got to the point where he could say how much he resented me <laughs> and suddenly it was like something dropped it was like we, we came out of this little packet of head stuff about who we what's happening and Buddhism and actually a kind of sense of ah oh, yeah that's now I think something's now something's opening up a bit we're not just looking at a Five ten percent of experience, and I can always feel myself rest into. Oh no, I can understand that. I can understand that in the heart. I can actually always feel myself coming into my body. Whereas sometimes talking to people, after a while, I feel myself losing my body. You know, the the, the conversation is going up and up and up into some abstract speculations or formulations about this, that, and the other. I just feel myself actually disappearing into a little buzzing head state. And then you know, when somebody actually says what's happening for them, I can I come into a larger sense of, of being, fuller sense of being I can actually handle. And this is the, the um, thing to, to sense it for yourself, you know, that the truth, the truth, the only truth that you can get right now is the truth that goes through the whole of you. I imagine, you know, in, in what I say, maybe 5% hits, goes, you know, through, through you. It's not because I'm telling you any lies, it's just that some bits don't fit right now, so... It's like that, isn't it? And then maybe in the course of a retreat you might have two or three experiences when everything just rang. That's, that's good. That's, that's, that's marvellous, if that happened at all. It wasn't just, you know, these things are not that common when we're actually the whole of us opens and rests and, and experiences something. Oh yeah, that's... And it may be just the most simple statement with one you've heard many times, but this particular time you, you heard it deeply, or you felt it deeply, and the whole of you resonated with that. Because the body, the heart, and the thinking mind have, for that moment come together. It seems that for many people, when the Buddha talked, it was like that why so many people seem to realise stream entry or even arahantship. When the Buddha was talking, they weren't sitting there in jhana. You know, 
Sariputta was listening to the Buddha fanning the Buddha when uh, the Buddha was having a dialogue with a um, Diganaka, I believe. So he was sitting, standing, listening, and when the Buddha gave this talk, suddenly the whole of what the Buddha was saying just rang deeply through this Sariputta, and he, the fetters dropped off at that particular moment. It's interesting, isn't it? Now, to say, well, that wasn't a meditation experience, but maybe the meditation is the kind of softening up that makes, prepares us for the, for the realisation. And the softening up, I would suggest, is coming out of the constructing ourselves through our heads, even the need to construct, being really open on that level. So you can allow the heart energy to be present, settled, the body to be settled. And if you like, the, the, the bell is cast and then something rings it. So in a way, this is why what our meditation is about. It's just, you know, cleaning the, the rust off the bell, putting it together for those moments when something really strikes and things drop away. Body, mind, or body, heart, and mind. Standard meditation practice, say, anapanasati, example, in your body, feeling the textures, the pressures in your body, the way the energies move in your body, calming, steadying, refining, opening, suffusing, enjoying embodiment. There's particularly inclinations of intention to steady, you know, which is means we have to work very patiently, peacefully, clearly. We can be too tight, force it. We can be too loose, where you don't actually do the massage. You just, you know, you don't really apply properly. So that kind of inclination, steadying the body. And as you do that, then quite naturally, working on that particular basis by itself tends to clearing, you know, to focusing, steadying the thinking mind and calming the heart just by doing that, because the three are connected. And the body, in a way, is the, is the base of it all. So if you steady, satisfy, enjoy, get an overview of the, of the body in an energetic fashion, then you're handling the very uh, root of the energies that drive through the heart and mind. If your body is relaxed and calm, you can't get upset. The moment when you're upset, things start to tighten up. The moment you feel depressed, things start to go out, become imbalanced. So this is just a very useful tip to, to bear in mind. And have that way you keep checking things out, what's happening in the heart, what's happening in the throat, what's happening in the belly, these particular places. Can we spread out through our hands, through our feet, 
as we sit? Can we open the chest as we sit? Can we feel the breath energy move through the body as you sit? Can you just, if you can't do it with your breathing, can you just do it by, by sweeping your attention around your body, down the back, between the shoulders, mm-hmm. straightening the spines? So it gets to feel good. And, uh, you know, this is an inclination of the will to do this. And then within that, you've got a greater, broader, more in tune basis within which to receive calm, steady the emotions that arise. Not to you know, destroy them or dismiss them, but to receive and steady, be with, be present with. You've got enough space to be present with your emotions. Now, if you tighten up to, to, if you force and you tighten, then you don't have enough space to be with your emotions. So you may get, one may get quite concentrated in a way, you know, in that kind of tight way. But once you come out of that, the emotional stuff can throw you around because you haven't actually learned to deal with insecurity or challenge or joy or passion. Mm. It's like the samadhi is very brittle. It snaps. And so bringing everything into harmony. When there is a it's when there is that harmony, then that provides stability. We don't have to formulate ourselves. So the thinking mind calms down as a consequence of the easing of the body. So it's not like right. Well, first of all, just stop thinking, and then we will. It doesn't have. I don't, it doesn't happen for me that way. I have to have to have thinking, trying to make the thinking at least relevant and applied. No. And then, as it as the body eases up, and the heart relaxes, the thinking sort of dis- dissolves, disappears. This thinking is a lot of it is just agitation nervous agitation, insecurity, uncertainty, threat, fear, worry, trying to make things okay, sort this out, be okay, make sure I've got the answers, and so forth, just agitation and worry. And then where, where does that end? It doesn't, in, as far as I can see, it doesn't end. There isn't an answer. There isn't a single thought that's really going to 
find, come to an answer. There's not a single notion, a single plan, a single strategy, a single decision that's ever going to put an end to that. Except for, how's this feel in your body, my body? Breathing in, breathing out. Just, just wait on that one. Then let the rush, the emotions come through. You know, which is the bit that I sort of tend to miss. The emotions come through, awkward, spiky, tangled, bursting, wavering. And then they, as they come to place of ceasing, it's like the pressure's off then oh, suddenly the question isn't a question there's nothing to be answered personally and we can then we can then approach topics from how they are rather than how I am just how is it how is the situation? Not, you know, from a feeling of I've got to make something or sort something out. I don't always do get this right, but certainly I can see that more and more in these uh, Sangha processes, this is kind of <laughs> what, it, what it eventually leads to. I try working things out from a set of ideas, good ideas, wishful aspirations, and just more worry, agitation, not getting it right, you know, feeling burdened by it. Try to work it out. And just deal with uncertainty, not wanting to be bothered, irritation, you know, feeling fed up, and so on. And okay, and then let that move through, and then, well, situations like this. So, what we can learn in meditation practice on that level seems to be very relevant to how we live this particular life. Focusing on the breathing, and then uh, trying to get it right. How should I do it? What's the right system? Should I be in this point or that point? Well, just the feeling, the tension, the frustration, the eagerness of that, the emotions behind that. Uh-huh. But, you, but just receiving not doing, but just receiving the fact that you are breathing in and out. Whatever it happens by itself. So, how is that? How do you know it? Can you just not try and get it right? Don't worry about getting it wrong. Put aside the books of and the success stories that you hear or read about. When somebody says, Oh, pick up the breathing, 
stop thinking, pick up the limiter, go into bliss, and then we, you know, <laughs> which may be true enough for them. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but you read that, and think, oh goodness. Yeah. Or you try and do it, it doesn't work that way. Because it's not that it may be quite true, but just that that hasn't actually rung, resonated for us. It's just an idea. What isn't an idea is that something's breathing in and out. You don't have to construct that. So, can we just be with that? And... uh, that's a kind of, that involves a certain responsibility, doesn't it? Because just to be with something like that means all sorts of other things that are more pressing, more urgent, more necessary, more agitating, more enjoyable, more immediate, more got to be, got to make, all that stuff. Mm. So, so much of it is just that... Um, Acknowledgement and letting it and, and dispassion, just u- using the the breathing as a kind of a as a theme to to as a center point, as a focal point. That's your stable point. Don't expect anything else to be stable. There's that, there's breathing in, there's breathing out. And just open the space for the other stuff to blow through. And you keep coming back to breathing and out with question. Where is it? How are you? How is, it? How is the breathing now? A very simple question. Just to point the mind so the mind doesn't spin out or pick up or create opinions about oneself as soon as you sense that opinionating about yourself that conceiving that's time particularly to stop and just what's what's happening in the body what's happening in the breathing when because this is really where it starts to bear fruit because the end result or the, um, in the unawakened process, is that out of the out of the mass of experiences, I I get created, and then you can almost begin to witness who that person is—the small or crushed or you know excited or whatever. The particular person gets there, maybe personal history with that and then so you kind of that's that's the sign as soon as you start to believe in yourself as one of these things have got to this crucial point of self-view
and that person, that personality can then, you know, picks up more stories and engenders more emotions around its future and its past and its imprisonment and its awakening or whatever. But the main theme is when you sense that person arising. Wait a minute, are you you know are you all there? Is your body all there? Or is it just the rather contracted feeling in your, in your belly and a sort of tight feeling in your throat and not much else? Or is it just a kind of wobbling, wobbling sensation up in your head? That's who that person is. That person is just a wobble. You know? It's not a real person. If it was a real person, the body would be there, wouldn't it? All of it would be there, and it would feel settled. It wouldn't have to be. It wouldn't have to be creating itself. It would. It would speak for itself. Yet, whenever we become something, then something is actually continually pushing and creating and making. It doesn't stand up by itself. What stands by itself? What is stable? What has the tita dummo? You know, which is just as it is. And then, to my mind, a lot of the definitions stop. Don't know. But feels feels steady. Feels room. There's room there. There's capacity there. So, in practicing something you know, like anapanasati, to use this, uh, or whatever your meditation object is, to use it so that, uh, particularly in, in line with the um, themes of awakening, and these call, bringing to mind these first three fetters, and you begin to see not just as ideas, but as the experience of those. This must, they must, you must experience these, otherwise you won't be free from them. You can't, you know, just by a thought, not do it. You have to go through it. You have to witness yourself forming, becoming something, you know, with history and a future and an identity, and I am this and I'm never that, and all that kind of thing happening. And then the wavering of uncertainty, insecurity, what's called doubt. Can I, will I, what will I, does this work for me, is this okay, how can I be, should I be somewhere else, should I be this and the other. You know, that kind of waver, looking for something you know, on a, to, to provide security. And then a particular attachment to Systems, rules, processes, procedures, conventions. Asking them to be stable, you know, to provide that ontological, that that stability of being. Which they don't. They provide some stability in terms of what we can do. 
but they're not to be grasped at as, as something that provides us with more fundamental security. Mm. So, yeah. You know, I think of something like the Patimoka training rules. It tells you what to do, but, you know, how, what to do and what not to do. By itself, some bits I seem a bit pointless. You just go through it for the sake of this is what we do. <laughs> some of it seems a little bit of a, you know, archaic. You know, we just do it. Um, but so it's my mind, it's not a, a sense of, of uh, this, is, this is a satisfactory thing in itself. As with any kind of decisions that get made, more or less any decision that anyone makes, I can't see how that could be satisfactory for everyone for all occasions it's going to somewhere it's going to clash that's the nature of it that's what we're dealing with we're trying to put something that's kind of like multi-dimensional into a two-dimensional box it doesn't actually fit so the tension points the bits that we need to release our disappointment and our um, awkwardness or insecurities or why bother you know just release those emotions with yeah. it brings them up and then yeah it's not great but this is kind of like what we do you know Because it is in that kind of uh, training of the heart to both be receptive, open to it, and yet also sense that what we really want to do with this is not to find the right kind of mood or emotion, but to to find to allow moods and emotions to pass and to be unshaken by them. <laughs> 